claws your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Star Sport Podcast. I'm Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined in studio by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarthy. On today's show, we're going to take a look at the funding issues facing Olympic rowing hopefuls Mark O'Donovan and Shane O'Driscoll in what is a crucial year for the pair. We'll also chat to Cork Ladies football star Orla Finn ahead of their league game against Tipperary at Parky Ring on Saturday evening. Now, Kieran, before we talk about the rowing, there was some positive Cork-related sports news over the weekend with Bandon athlete Phil Healy picking up gold in the National Indoors on Sunday and the Cork Hurlers picking up their first win of the season on Saturday. I suppose Phil Healy is the gift that keeps on giving Jack. You know, she's, she's going fantastically well at the moment. Um, that was the National Indoors at Abbottstown over the weekend. She won her heat at a canter on Saturday evening and then in the, the final itself on Sunday, Phil is just a different class. Like she was, um, it was 52.81 that she actually won in, which is a good bit outside her, her personal best of 52.08. But she won it over second to spare. Like she, she's a class act and it really tees her up now for the European Indoor Athletics Championships in Glasgow. They're running from March 1st to the 3rd and Phil is in super form going into that. She's actually ranked um, the fourth fastest um, woman in Europe over the 400 metres this year. So she's a real genuine live medal prospect. And if she could run her, her PB, 52.08, she'd actually be ranked second. You know, So that, that shows the calibre that she's at now and the ranking that she's, that she's at going into the European Indoor. So it's, it's fantastic. And she's heading up the Irish team as well. Athletics Ireland is sending a team of 16 there. And Phil, like I said, Phil has just won. We'd all put our hopes on touch wood. Yeah, I have to say now, watching Phil Healy's win uh, at Abenstown on Saturday or Sunday, whichever mm-hmm. day, uh, Sunday, I think, First thing that popped into my mind was Frankel's win in the 2011 <laughs> 2000 Guineas. Now, for those of you who don't know who Frankel was, he's one of the greatest thoroughbred racehorses of all time. And I hope Phil takes this as a compliment. It's not meant to be a slight comparing her to a horse. Frankel was truly the greatest. And it's just the way he picked up about halfway into the 2000 Guineas. He went 15 lengths clear. The commentator couldn't believe his eyes. And just watching Phil's race on Sunday, she kept the distance kept growing. Her competitors could not keep in touch. And the fans at Abbottstown stood up and gave her a standing ovation about 100 metres out from the finish, which is the exact same thing that happened in Newmarket in 2011. So for anyone who doesn't follow horse racing, look up Frankel's 2011 <laughs> guineas and look up Phil Healy's win at the weekend. Maybe I'll do a little video where I put the two of them together. But uh, yeah, it, was, it, it really was something else. And uh, yeah, so just so Phil knows. That's a compliment. Uh, Frankel is arguably the greatest. And maybe Phil will go on to be one of the greatest Irish athletes of all time. Hopefully. Um, the hurlers, Cairn. Got a good win against Clare on mm. Saturday evening. Newcastle's Luke Mead got a got a run in the second half. Yeah, I think this is just what the what the hurlers needed. They lost their first two games, Kilkenny and Wexford, so they really needed to get on the board. And um, I know there's no relegation in the in the hurling league in, in Division One this year, but still, you need you need a couple of wins to kind of get momentum going before the championship. So, yeah, they um, Patrick Horgan got 16 points. 15 of those came from frees. So that might say more about Clare's fouling rather than, than what Cork got from open play. But said it was really, really important for, for the Cork hurlers to kind of get on the board. And it was actually a fantastic day for Cork hurling up in Parky Ring. Because earlier in the day, you had the Harty Cup final and the Tom Collin Cup final. And they were two all-Cork affairs. Unfortunately, for, for the Hamilton High School in Bend, and they lost the Tom Collin Cup final 
um, against Rochestown, but Middleton then won the Harty Cup. So you have three wins for three Cork teams in Parky Ring on on Saturday. So it was just a, just a great boost. You know, there's been a lot of negativity and a lot of kind of doom and gloom the last couple of weeks after Parky Cueve and all that and the footballers and, and their trouble. So to to get that winning feeling back in again is very important. And I suppose for the Cork seniors, no, Jack, David, they, they have a tough test on. Uh, this weekend they're travelling to, to take on uh, Limerick in Limerick and Limerick are three from three so that's a real test of where this Cork team is yeah I watched uh, the Limerick Kenny game at the weekend and it really did look like men against boys stuff mm-hmm. so uh, Limerick looking like deserved favourites for this year's All-Ireland I'd say but now we'll move on from the hurling for now and the big story in last week's Southern Star was rowing related and it's very confusing and essentially it boiled down to two former world rowing champions, Mark O'Donovan and Shane O'Driscoll, having to potentially dip into their own savings to fund their Olympic dream. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe give us just a refresher of the details on that story, Kieran, before we move on? Yeah, I suppose um, Shane O'Driscoll and Mark O'Donovan are two skibbering rowers. And back in 2017, in the men's lightweight pair, they won everything there was to win. Um, so they won world gold, European gold, and the three World Cup rowing regattas. So it was a clean sweep for Mark and Shane. But the men's lightweight pair is a non-Olympic class boat, so they can't get to the Olympics in that boat. And Shane and Mark want to row at the Olympics. So they had a choice. Will they try and oust Gary and Paul from the double, the lightweight double, which is an Olympic boat? Or will they make the jump to the men's heavyweight pair, which is also an Olympic class class boat? They've decided to, to, to do the latter. They want to kind of shape their own journey, have their own story, instead of sports kind of going up in competition against Gary and Paul. So last year, they found a tough going because they're gone from lightweights to heavyweights and they're now competing against fellas who are six foot four and Jesus, 90 kgs or more, you know. And these two boys were, were only 70 kgs each was, was their average weight when they were lightweight. So they did a tough enough year last year, but they were expecting that, Jack, to be honest, because it's a, it's a tough transition. Um, they finished 16th at the Worlds in 2018. So going into this year, um, they... They depend on funding because like they're two full-time students as well they depend on the funding and they found out there just last week that they've lost their sport ireland funding basically they were getting world-class funding which is a maximum of twenty thousand, and that's what they got last year and that's literally what that's effectively their wage for the year but now they've lost that so the two boys like 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 mark was saying it's a kick in the teeth they have no money coming in this year and why that's um why that hits them so hard this is olympic qualification year at the World Championships um, late August and, and September in, in Austria, they, they can qualify for next year's Olympics and that's where they want to get. There's 11 places up for grabs at this year's World Championships and Mark and Shane are working really, really, really hard to try and get in that top 11. So for them to lose their funding right now, is it's just it's a big, big blow because rowing is an expensive sport. And like I was saying, this money, it pays for putting petrol in their car to take them up and down to the national road center it puts food on the table for them and they have to eat good food you know it's not the the stuff that they're, they're not eating what you're eating burgers and chips no they're eating good food yeah. they're eating good food yeah they're they're not living off the kieran diet which is <laughs> which i wouldn't recommend to anyone um as well as that then i suppose when, when they go to international regattas they have to pay kind of levy so that could be 300 for a world cup regatta 600 or 900 for a world championships so it's all money and they don't have no money coming in jack and that's a it's it's, it's a killer for the two of them yeah, well, obviously the rowers in West Cork are very popular, mm-hmm. especially amongst our readership. So when we posted this story on social media on Friday, it's fair to say it blew up. And I'll just read some of the Facebook comments now that were posted to give you a flavour of the reaction. Um, Donald Murnan says, 
shameful and totally wrong this gross error needs to be rectified so uh, obviously unhappy to read what he saw martina white hang hang in there lads you are brilliant at what you do and hopefully rowing ireland will see sense Derek collins says disgraceful if they were from dublin it would be different but unfortunately they don't have the rowers and finally irene howerhan said these two are world-class sportsmen and have no backing they dedicate every waking moment to their sport the joy that rowing has given to ireland the last few years and they haven't met criteria question mark sometimes you want to scream at the powers that be now kieran obviously a fairly visceral reaction from from the west cork uh, contingent but there's always two sides to every story and you also spoke to sport ireland to hear their thoughts on the issue so what did they have to say I suppose there is, this, I suppose the stress too, there is a bit of confusion over this. Um, I was talking to a person high up in Sport Ireland and they told me that, that um, Shane and Mark didn't meet the criteria so they weren't eligible for funding. Mark and Shane are adamant that they were told that they did meet the criteria but even if you meet the criteria that doesn't necessarily mean that they give you the funding but they were told that they did meet the criteria so there is some confusion there between um, I suppose Sport Ireland Sport Ireland, and Rowing Ireland. But quick, just to stress as well, Rowing Ireland did get, I think, 290,000 for, um, for, for the rowers, which is fantastic, you know, kind of they're very heavily backed and stuff. But it's just Shane and Mark have, have missed out. Um, how this hits as well, because this international, this Sport Ireland funding, for the first time this year, it was done on a two-year basis. So the lads have effectively missed out on 40,000. It's 20,000 this year and next year. Um, if Sport Ireland have confirmed too though, if Shane and Mark do qualify for the Olympics, if they do get the top 11 at the World Championships, that the, the, it'll be retrospective to funding, so it will be backdated. But again, I, I have to point out, like it's such an important year and they don't have the money, Jack, right now that they need. And if, it, it's fair enough saying, lads, if, if you qualify for, for Tokyo, we'll back pay you. But like they need the money right now. They need it to actually qualify. They need it to qualify, you know. So it's kind of they're, they're really up against it. Um, Shane and Mark are looking into appealing the the decision. They're very keen to appeal it. They're not happy, and I can't blame blame them for being not happy. Kind of, I just think here that that we've missed a fabulous opportunity for a great great story. Two local lads, two skip rowers, who have dominated lightweight rowing, and now they want to get to the Olympics in heavyweight rowing. It's a fantastic story, and like Gary and Paul inspired hundreds and hundreds and thousands of kids after 2016 this is inspiring too because they're two fellas who are chasing their dream and if they do achieve it it shows everyone out there that follow your dream that the impossible is possible well this story is likely to continue to develop in the coming days and you can keep up to date on that on southernstar.ie and in the paper throughout the coming weeks but on a more positive side of things kieran you spoke to olympic silver medal paul o'donovan recently and we'll play some of that audio in a minute. But firstly, how was he? Paul Paul is in good form. Um, he's in great form. He's he's busy with college at the moment, as you will see from his his hairstyle. He doesn't even have time to to cut his hair. But um, he's training away kind of as well. It's kind of I suppose it's hard for the balance training and and college. But he's um he's he's, he's going okay. And Gary's actually he's left our shores again. Like last year, he's gone out to New Zealand and Australia for for a couple of months. So the talk there is that. That Gary's going to compete in the European Rowing Championships in the single. Um, Paul is probably a bit busy at the moment and he might not be able to, to row at the European Rowing Championships, Championships this year. So Gary's going to go in, go in the single and hopefully he'll do fantastic. So he's down there at the moment. He's he's sunning himself with training and, and rowing really, really hard. Good stuff, Kieran. Well, uh, let's hear from Paul now. 
Paul, um, Irish national indoor rowing champion, and you set a new national record. Tell me some more bit about that. Um, yeah, so I suppose a bit of an unusual event for us today. We were at a regatta, but it was indoors on the rowing machine. Um, so not kind of out in the water, side by side stuff that, that we prefer really. But uh, we use rowing machines a lot as a training tool in the sport, especially when the weather's not so good uh, during the winter over here. And so they have the national championships, which are indoors. They have them in the UL Arena there, and they're growing every year. Um, they had about 1,500 entries at least, I think, this year. So it's a massive event. And um, it's kind of good. Like the rowing machines are always the same standard all over the world, so you can compare times and stuff like that. So um, I think, yeah, um, Jot was good to. I suppose uh, set uh, the record on for the event uh, this morning. Uh, pretty pleased about that. And uh, my own club, UCC, won the best overall team. So uh, I'd like to make mention of that too. I think it's a good indicator, so that, you're, that you've gone well indoors. Like, is that off the back of a good winter? And is it a good indication for the for the season ahead? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think it's um, done my best uh, score this time of year um, across all the past years, only by a small bit now. Um, so. It, it is uh, a fantastic test of just the general fitness, so that is, um, it is in good condition. It's just uh, to keep pushing on now as, as we come into the spring and then a bit, a bit more then as we get into the summer's racing. So um, still, still a long way ahead yet, but it's nice to, to know that um, still kind of consistent and a little bit ahead of previous years, which is uh, quite positive. You mentioned UCC there, obviously you're studying medicine in UCC. How, how do you find juggling the two rowing and, and college? Is it, is it hectic 24-7? Yeah, pretty busy all the time there, kind of funny, difficult to find time to get a haircut. But um, I know it's tremendous fun, I've really been enjoying it, and uh, I think the bit of routine for me is nice to, and uh, forces me to get out of bed there in the mornings, because otherwise you'd be, if you're full-time training, you'd be sitting in bed there, or lying in bed all day, and you'd be like, sure, I've all day to do training, and then today, past Monday, without you realising it. So once you're up and in college then, and you'd, uh, you'd get your training done afterwards, and uh, do a bit more then on the weekends, so... Uh, I've been enjoying the, the routine. And are you enjoying life without Gary? He's headed away for, for a couple of months. So how's that going to work kind of with the year ahead kind of training-wise? So he's, he's going to train down New Zealand, Australia, is it? And you yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, he's gone down to the, the Southern Hemisphere again that, uh, like we did last year. And um, Joe, he'll keep fit there and I'll keep fit here. And we've been in Spain there over the Christmas for our training camp. So we've, we've uh, put some, some good miles in the boat together. And a lot of time this time of year, we don't spend all day every day in the double. And it is good to, to take a break from each other before we kind of come into a, an intense period in, in the boat during the summer. Um, so I think um, Joe could, could work uh, quite well for us. Joe, we, we, we were both in great shape after coming back from there last year. So if he comes back in good shape again this year, then um, uh, Joe, we should be looking forward to the summer. Obviously 2019 is Olympic qualification year, that's kind of later on in the year of the World Championships. Does everything kind of work towards that this year, not only the Europeans and the World Cups beforehand, but is that the World Championships later in the year, is that the big target? Or? Um, oh yeah, it would be just the, the biggest event in, in the year really, so you have to make that the, the priority. And um, I suppose you know, if you won everything and lost the World Championship, it would be a bad year compared to if you lost everything and won the World Championship, it would be a good year, so you have to, to put that number one, but then uh, obviously you just... Uh, as, as each of them kind of comes up, you, you try and do the best that you can at it as well. So Have they changed the kind of selection, well not the selection, the qualification criteria? It was top 11 back in 2015, has it changed this year? Is it? Yeah, yeah, so they've uh, brought it, or just reduced the numbers down to, I think it's the top 7 uh, in the end of August we'll qualify. So just a couple of places there, but hopefully um, 
if we put in put in some good training between here and then, we should we should make that. Please God. The fact you're putting in as world champions into this year, does that change your approach? You know, like kind of you're the team to knock off the top of the pedestal. Or does that like you're the team to be beaten? Does that? Um, no, it makes no difference at all to us, to be honest, because. Uh, I suppose all all you revere, we're just trying to go as fast as we can on on the big day. So um, regardless of come of where we've come the year before, we're just going to try and do the best we can for what it uh, or yeah, just on getting myself confused now. But we just want yeah. to be yeah. At the end at the end of the year, we just want to put in our our fastest race. So it's kind of it's irrelevant what what we've done in the past. Obviously, you can take some confidence in in the training that we're doing for this year, knowing that it, it worked well for us last year, but I think in terms of people putting targets and us putting targets on people, I think there's a bit, bit of nonsense really and just a bit of talk that people throw on down again, but I don't think it makes that much difference. You said that the, the World Final last year was Gary said after, that was your best ever strokes when you won World Gold, Golden Plative. Can you go better again? Like, you know, like that was obviously a fantastic race, like, but is there a perfect race out there that, 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 you're, that you want to achieve? Can you, can you go even better? Uh, I, I don't know. I think I would we'd like to think so anyway. Believe it, and we'll we'll definitely try and and get better. But I suppose time time will be the judge of that. Really, won't it? So we'll have to wait and find out. Oh, fantastic, Paul. We are. Thanks so much for joining us. And best of luck for the season ahead. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Karen. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star, featuring our award-winning sports section. That is everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Kieran, it's a big weekend for the Cork ladies footballers as they meet Tipperary in the National Football League on Saturday. And it's an off, also a double header at Parky Rin with the men. That's fantastic. Brilliant to see. Absolutely brilliant to see. Um, this is the first of two doubleheaders for the Cork ladies and the men's in, in, in the National League this year. And um, it's like Breed Stack was saying there a couple of weeks ago, it's a monumental shift forward, you know, kind of suppose for the exposure of the ladies game and for, for coverage and all that. You know, it's brilliant to see them share share the stage with, 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 the, with, with the Cork men on, on Saturday evening. Um, it's like I said, it's it's the first of two games. Um, it was meant to happen in Parky Quay first when it was announced uh, announced in January that there'd be two double headers. But obviously, the state of the pitch in Parky Quay means that's not going to happen. So that would have been a piece of history, Jack. That would have been fantastic because the Cork Lady footballers have never ever played in Parky Quay before. So we'd have to wait a bit for that. Um, the Cork Ladies are still scheduled to play. It is on June first their Munster Championship game against Kerry in Parky Quay on Saturday, June first, and that's going to precede the semi final between Cork and either Tipperary or Limerick in the men's game. So again, that's three double-headers for the Cork ladies coming up. And like I was saying, it's, it's fantastic for, for the game and to, to put them on that, on that stage. And to be fair to Parky Rin, when it is a full house, it is a really great venue. Like you've seen it on television mm-hmm. when the hurlers were playing against Clare the other night. The pitch was in immaculate condition. The crowd were getting behind the team. So I know they'd rather be in Parky Cueve, but Parky Rin, it's, it's, it's nice that Cork can have two, two decent grounds. Um, they beat Westmead in Mullingar in the opening round of the league, 10 points to two. I know there was a fairly heavy breeze that day, which mm-hmm. probably reflects on the scoreline. Mm-hmm. But just before we really preview this week's game, how are they looking in the overall scheme of things as they approach 2019 this, this season? Um, so it was Cork for all our finals last year, and that was fantastic because 
it's, it's a pretty young team. It's, it's, it's a young team. And even this year, again, if it's Gerald the manager, he's bringing in some more young players. You've, you've um, Darren E. McCoyley from Valley Rovers. You have, I suppose, from West Cork Interest. You have Claire O'Shea there from Beira. Came on the, the, the last day. Um, Cy Valeri from Kinsale started her first game against Westmead. So he's bringing on all these kind of these young players and try, trying to st- strengthen the squad, Jack, which is which is good to see because the Cork ladies need options going forward. Um, the Moore and Abbey players are coming back in now after winning the All-Ireland. So that's fantastic. The likes of Kira and Darren O'Sullivan. But i just like to stress for for people, if they're on kind of DH, whether or not they'll go to Parky Ring on Saturday night, just get along because this ladies' football is a fantastic spectacle. Um, last couple of years covering the Cork Ladies games or the West Cork Ladies. They're brilliant football games. They genuinely are. They're fast. There's no cynical play. They go out and they play good football. It's attacking. And even again, being from the West Cork perspective and looking after our own down here, you'll have Martino O'Brien, Melissa Duggan, Emma Spillane, Orla Finn, Anya Terry O'Sullivan, Neve Cotter, Laura Mahoney from Skib was getting her chance this year. It's like I said, Cy Valeri, Claire O'Shea, the, the kind of Kylie twins. So there's a lot of local players playing with the Cork team so we really should go along and support them because it's, it's, it's a huge deal for them on Saturday night Well you mentioned Orla Finn there um, she scored four points against Westmead the last day can you maybe tell us a little bit about her and uh, we're going to hear from her in a minute as well uh, Orla's a top class forward and she has been for the last couple of years she had to bide her time before before getting her chance because when she came along first Jack she was she was basically a sub for a couple of years because you know, the likes of Valerie Mulcahy were ahead of her that was a really dominant Cork ladies football team under Eamon Ryan so she had to wait for her chance and when she got it she took it like she's a, an all-star two years ago she's lethal you know she's fast she's clinical she, she can take a chance she's been top she's been Cork's top scorer the last couple of seasons as well so she's a she's a class act well you spoke to her a little earlier on so let's hear from her now it's Kinsale's Orla Finn um, it's obviously a big weekend for Cork ladies football with the first double hitter with the men's team on Saturday evening in Park Ring. Uh, what's the talk in the camp like ahead of this? How excited is everyone? Yeah, everyone's extremely excited coming up to this game. You know, it's it's a little bit different than the usual games when it's going to be a double header um, ahead of the men's game. Um, so we're all very excited, and and it's it's an it's an absolutely brilliant thing for the ladies' football. You know, it's great exposure for us to really promote the game. How much of a step forward is this for ladies' football? You know that, that you're you're given the same platform as, as with with a men's game. You know, like you said, it's a real step forward. Yeah, there's there's been huge improvements in ladies football over the last number of years, and I think this is a, a huge step forward again. Um, having a double header with the men's, and hopefully it'll become the norm now in the next few years. You know, we've three double headers anyway this this year. Um, before the men's games, and I'm sure I think we're playing Mayo as well away before the men's game. So it's absolutely fantastic for us, and it just makes our games. You know. You know, you'd be looking forward to them a little bit more when, when it's going to be a bigger platform and a bigger stage on the day. Is the hope so that you can put in a big performance against Tip on Saturday? Yeah, it's going to be a big game for us now. We've played two league games already. We've lost one and won one. So it's, it's an important one for us to try try and get a few points in it. So mm. having playing in front of the, before the men's game now will really add to the occasion for us. Was it any bit disappointed or when you learned it would have been Parky Cueve? Because obviously that would have been the first kind of historic game in Parky Cueve. Was it a bit disappointing or is it the fact it's a double header is almost more important? Yeah, I think the double header is kind of more important um, for me anyway, because I think there's huge steps. That's showing huge steps in the development of ladies football. 
Um, it would have been lovely to play in Parky Cueve. I've never played there before. We've trained there, but I've never played. This is my ninth season now playing senior football with Cork, and I've never played in Parky Cueve. But I'm sure in the foreseeable future, we will be getting the opportunity to play in, in Parky Cueve. So just having a double header is nice anyway. And Parky, Parky Rin is a lovely pitch too. So um, hopefully we'll be able to able to get a win now there on Saturday. Touchwood so that the Parky Creek pitch will be up for action on June 1st when you're going to take Kerry in the Munster Championship. But um, just quick words over uh, just on, on the game against Tipperary. Kind of, you said there you're after one win and one loss. So is it important to get points on the board now, especially if it's been a home game? Yeah, it's definitely important for us. You know, we've had two games now together. There's a lot of new young girls uh, have stepped up now playing senior football for their first time for this their first year. So I think we're after kind of forming that bond and I think hopefully now we'll push on and drive forward because this is an important game for us to win. And as you say, a home game, you know, you, you, you'd you want to be winning a few of those anyway. And you mentioned there about some of the kind of the young players coming on. It was a pretty special few against Westmead for Sai, Sai Valeri. She was starting off her first game for, for, for Cork and Philip Kinsale Bowman. So that was pretty special, I'd say. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, it's a day in history for Kinsale GA anyway. The two of us in the full forward line. So, you know, I'd be used to playing with Sai with club and she'd be used to playing with me. So, it's nice to have her alongside me in the full forward line. Are the, the more be contingent? Are, are, are they back for this game? or? No, they probably won't be available for this game, but um, we're, we've Monaghan the following week and I'm sure that they'll be they'll be available for that game then. Oh, fantastic. Come here, Orla, thank you so, so much for joining us. Best look on Saturday. Hope everything works out fantastic. And it's, like I said, it's great to see that Cork ladies are forming double hitters and they're performing on the big stage because you really, really do deserve it. So best look, Orla. Yeah, thanks a million, Kieran. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star, featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Kieran, before we wrap up today's podcast, you might just give us a quick rundown of what to expect in Thursday's sports section. Another cracker, I anticipate. I'm a bit biased here, Jack, but it's a really, really good sport <laughs> yeah. sports section again this week. Um, now, we, we've, we've loads in it. We've an uh, interview with, with Neve Cotter from Beira just about the, the Cock Ladies game in, um, in Parky Ring on Saturday night. We have an interesting interview with Laura Tracy. She's the Cork Camogie player, and she talks about how she had to find the right work, um, working camogie band, and she was working as a nurse for years. Um, well, sorry, she was working as a nurse in the Mercy, and it was a league game last year where she came off three night shifts in a row. She had to win and play a game against Galway, so she just talks about that and how she had to change kind of after that. Clannacilty rugby, fantastic weekend for them. Just gone, Jack. They won um, Division Two. No, they sorry, they won promotion from Division Two of the Munster Junior League. They go up a second place, sort of back in Division One next year. Great stuff. They moved the. The match report, uh, obviously the Hemis, it, it was uh, disappointing for them that um, that they lost the Tom Cullen Cup final, but we still have a report on that and they can reflect on, on a job well done. They did really, really well to get there. So, like I said, another action-packed, fantastic sports section. Sounds good. I cannot wait to read it. Competition yeah. time now, and we're giving away a one-month subscription to the digital edition of the Southern Star. Digital edition is served up in exceptional quality, and you can zoom, print, and share articles at the touch of a button. It's also available online at the same time the print edition is available in shops. And you can save up to 20%. To be done with a chance of winning, simply answer the following question. Orla Finn represents which GAA club? Kieran, any ideas? 
It's Kinsale. <laughs> it's Kinsale. <laughs> okay, well, you can take Kieran's word for it. He is the Star Sport editor. And you can tweet your answer to the Southern Star using the hashtag Star Sport Podcast, or you can email us at digital at southernstar.ie. Just to stress again, the answer to the competition is Kinsale. <laughs> so everyone get entering. But um, thanks very much for joining us again. Please get in touch if you're tuning in from somewhere unusual in the world. We'll be back next week at the same time, so make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Android, or anywhere else you listen to the show. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star, featuring our award-winning sports section. That is everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.